Today's episode is sponsored by Struggle Snuggles Ball Pythons. Struggle Snuggle is a small hobbyist breeder who wants to share the joy of ball pythons with new and experienced snake enthusiasts. Struggle Snuggle offers different types of morphs and standard non-morph pythons. Struggle Snuggle will offer insight on the first-time python owners and is available via email for questions on the continuation for healthy care of your new python. You can reach Struggle Snuggle through his Instagram at strugglesnuggle32257. That's strugglesnuggle32257. So you can get a look at the different type of snakes that he does own. Again, strugglesnuggle32257. His Instagram handle will be in the show notes. Now let's get on with the show. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 81 of the Graveyard Grumbler podcast. I am your host, Tina Romero Jr., a.k.a. the Graveyard Grumbler. Today's episode is going to be a bit of a fucked up episode. I I can't even censor the F word on this episode. Today, we are going to go back into our serial killers. And going into this episode was unintentional. I was on the Tickety Talks, and I just came across this guy's name. So... All the video said was, ugh, Luis Cubellos, look him up. I was like, who the fuck is this? Actually, it's. let me rephrase that. Let, let, me, let me go back to that. His name is Luis Garavito. So the the, tic, the tickety-talk video just said, ugh, Luis Garavito, look him up. I was like, what the, what? what? So I looked him up. I looked up who, I, I typed in uh, DuckDuckGo, who is Luis Garavito? And boy, I tell you, let me tell you something about this piece of shit. Episode 81 is about Luis Garavito. Let's go ahead and get into this episode. So who is Luis Garavito? Luis Alfredo Garavito was born in uh, Genova, Genova or Genova, Colombia on January 25th, 1957 to Manuel Antonio Garavito and Rosa Delia Cubillos. Manuel was described by Garavito as being a womanizer, a drunkard, and extremely physically and emotionally abusive to Garavito throughout his childhood. So we already have bad news right there. If you, if all of my wonderful listeners, new and old, remember the pattern whenever it comes to serial killers, 10 times out of 10, it's a messed up upbringing of a childhood, right? Right. So we already know that this is going to be all bad. I mean, he, his dad was abusive. His dad was a womanizer and a drunkard. And I mean, physically and emotionally abusive, that's already double whammy, quadruple whammy that Luis Garavito is already on the wrong path to nowhere. So let's keep going. Growing up, Luis was referred to as an imbecile, bastard, and other people pejoratives by his father Manuel. He recalled his father Manuel sleeping with him and not with his mother at a young age and allegedly being fondled by Manuel. So now we have molestation, physical abuse, and and emotional abuse. I never, one thing that I can never understand, and this is actually going to segue into another episode that I will be working on. We are going to have a psychologist on the show by the name of Dr. Krista Johnson. She will be going into detail about 
pedophilia and how it relates and, and, and how OCD pedophilia, I mean, it's a whole interesting subject. So one of the reasons why I chose this episode today was so I can segue into, into this, uh, uh, into this, uh, guest, uh, this guest speaker or this, this guest person on, on the pod. Now, okay, I, I know it might not be the episode. This, this may take some time to work out and, and coordinate our schedules. That way, her and I will be able to, to uh, be on the same page. So uh, j- j- just bear with me. Let, let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the show. But th- just keep in mind that I will be having a psychologist, Krista, Dr. Krista Johnson, on the show sometime in the near future. Just remember that. Attending Simon Bolivar School in Cielian, Cielian Valle de Cuaco, Colombia, he was said to be shy and reserved and often a target for bullies in spite of his violent temper. It doesn't matter how violent you are. It really doesn't. It, it matters when you can defend yourself and what kind of target you paint yourself as. I mean, yes, I understand that bullying has really, I mean, it, it has a multitude of, Reason, not reasons, but but there's a multitude to being a victim of of bull of bullying. So, I mean, in this case, unfortunately, we're we're, we're talking about back in the old days where, you know, they, these 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 bullies target. I mean, just like now, what the hell am I talking about? Just like now, all these weak ass bullies target a certain person who looks a certain way. I mean, meek, mild mannered, and people who don't look tough or whatever the bullshit is that the reason that they give. Though Garavito's mother is unknown, it had been speculated from the community of Genova that Garavito's mother had been a longtime prostitute. During the time of working as a prostitute, Garavito's mother had been brutally abused by Garavito's father, who was a heavy alcoholic and would also abuse Garavito's siblings. So this guy, the dad, Garavito's dad, is obviously a piece of shit that he shouldn't be around or alive anymore. You know... What's shitty is that whenever you, whenever people are raised in an area where the they struggle to make ends meet, you know, a lot of times it might be third world countries, it might be just areas that they just cannot get out of the trap. So, you know, and the unfortunate would be, you know, robbing would be drugs uh, dealing, it would be a bunch of illegal things just to try to make a buck, and unfortunately. It sounds like Garavito's mother was, you know, had fallen into that trap and, you know, became a prostitute. But let me tell you this right now. I don't care if she's what kind of sex worker she is. No sex worker of any sort of type deserves to be abused in any shape, way or form. You know, they're just trying to make a living for whatever they need to do. It doesn't matter what it is. No sex worker de- deserves to be abused, and, and fuck anybody who who thinks otherwise. Around this time, Garavito's father would force Garavito to watch his mother conduct in sexual intercourse with her clients, letting his mother's clients sexually abuse and molest Garavito. So here we go. We, I mean, we already know that Garavito, that Luis Garavito, is in a jacked up, insanely abusive household. His dad is just overbearing with crazy, ridiculous abuse, and someone needs to take out the, the uh, gotta be or uh, Luis's dad ASAP, Rockies. But unfortunately, no one's going to do that. So instead, what does Garavito's father do? 
Garavito's father forces him to watch his mother conduct in sexual intercourse with her clients. Yeah, if that's not bad enough, the father also also lets the clients sexually abuse and molest Garavito. Boy, I tell you, see, this is the reason why I believe capital punishment and street justice should go hand in hand. What the street justicers cannot do to bring to rectify and bring these sick pieces of shit into justice, then we depend on on capital punishment to take care of the rest. Am I right? Right. I mean, there's no reason in the world for someone this sick to be to ever be in 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 normal society. None at all. I'm telling you, I mean, this. I told you guys that this is going to be a jacked up episode. So under the influence of drugs, Garavito's mother would do anything due to the abuse and torture of Garavito's alcoholic father. When Garavito was six or seven, he even recalled being strapped to a tree and beaten by Manuel and Luis, sorry, and beaten as Man, by Manuel as Luis attempted to defend his mother, Rosa. So not only is... Garavito's mother, or Luis's, Luis Garavito's mother, a prostitute. Unfortunately, she is also addicted to to drugs. Which I mean, it sounds to me that the Luis's father f- is forcing her to be a prostitute. But to, I mean, when when Luis Garavito is going to be strapped to a tree and beaten by the dad, all because he attempted to defend his mother. I know I'm not the only one that sees a problem with with that issue or with that situation. Not not, not even an issue. I mean, I can't be the only one to see that there's a problem with that situation. And for, you know, and, and here's the thing is that in a lot of countries, you know, I, I don't know exactly, but in a lot of countries, especially, you know, like uh, on other continents and and third world countries, Colombia, Venezuela, even parts of, of Mexico, Ecuador, you know, all of those places like that, they don't have the best systems to protect children in abusive relationships. A lot of times, these issues go unreported. It's just not in the nature of Latinos, Latinas, or Latinx, as, as the new term is being used more and more. I mean, I, I wasn't very well aware of the Latinx term, but for the, for the Latinx community or the culture, it's not very common for us to report abuse of any type. Unfortunately, we're we're raised with with certain understandings that abuse is okay. You know, I mean, I, I'm I would never think to the extent of of what's happening to Luis Garavito, but unfortunately for a lot of Latinx, and maybe, maybe this goes for a lot of cultures as well, but I, you know, I don't know for sure, but I know for sure in the, in the Latinx culture that a certain level of physical and emotional abuse is a part, is a way of life. And it should, it shouldn't be that way. It needs to fucking stop. Bottom line, you know, you know, unfortunately, I mean, it, it happens to a large portion of Latinx children and it's going to continue because, that, again, that's just something that we're taught ever since we come out of the womb. Let's continue. When Garavito was around 11 years old, his father forbade him to go to school in favor of making money to sustain the family. This crushed the young boy who was also forbidden to have friends or a girlfriend by his father, Manuel. 
He would be subject to brutal sexual abuse by a local drugstore owner and neighbor lasting from age 12 to 14. So what I don't understand is how can someone, we're going to use obviously Luis Garavito's dad, Manuel, this piece of shit ass motherfucker. He's going to send his young boy, 11 years old, to go out and sustain the family while he stays at home reaping the benefits and not doing a goddamn thing. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that, that I'm real particular about. And one thing that I'm super particular about is that if you call yourself, quote, a man but you can't get your ass up to go support the family that you help create, then you are a worthless piece of scum that has no existence in this world. And that goes for, uh, for this guy, Manuel Garavito, to people currently now in today's day and age. For all of you, all of you worthless POS guys who call yourself, quote, men, you don't get your ass up to go to work and support the family that you help support that you'd rather stay at home play the video games and not want to go to work or or you you know you're working two and a half hours at build a bear every two weeks but you, you walk around with, with your chest puffed out saying that you're a man man shut your dumb ass up you're nothing but a little kid and i'm always gonna i'm always gonna feel that way always gonna think that way you need to support your family before you can even start calling yourself a full man that's just part of the puzzle of the requirements in order to go around calling yourself a man. You know what I mean? But I'm going off on a rant. Let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. One of the craziest things that, that I've read about this is that this dude, this kid at 11 years old was subject to brutal sexual abuse by a local drugstore owner and a neighbor that lasted for about two plus years. When, when, when children... When children are young, one of the main things that they that they look for is is safety and security from the adults. No matter how jacked up their their home life is, one of the things that they want to do is look for safety and security and as a parent, you should be able to provide that. You know, I know that it's you know, I I know it's almost impossible to to have that 24-7. But as a parent, as a loving, caring parent, and not one who's completely screwed up and jacked up like Manuel is, the, we, we, you know, we try to we try to make this a thing 24-7. Unfortunately, it's not always possible, but we do our goddamn best to try to make sure that our children are as safe and secure as we can physically accomplish. It seems like to me that that one of the worst things for this kid is that even if he went to go tell his father, "Hey, the drugstore and the the, the drugstore owner and the neighbor, you know, they're they're abusing me." It just seems to me that in some weird way, the dad will probably blame the child for being abused. That that's just the feeling that I get when I'm reading this. Let's continue. When Garavito was first abused, his dysfunction had led him to murdering and dissecting two birds. Soon after this, Garavito would find himself sexually attracted to children and subsequently fondle his younger brother, brothers and sisters. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, one of the, I mean, I might be wrong, 
I might be right. I might be half right. I might be half wrong. But from my understanding is that one of the clear distinctions, one of the clear symptoms and tall tale signs that you, you what is it? You're a psychopath or a sociopath. I'm sorry, not a psychopath, but a sociopath is that you enjoy harming animals. That's like one of the number one symptoms or one of the, one of the, the clear identifiers that anyone who, who hurts animals are pretty much on their way to being a sociopath. Now, with all of these issues in Luis Garavito's world perfectly aligning, and now we're starting to read that his dysfunction had led him to murdering and dissecting two birds, we are starting to see that his, the, the severity of his abuse has altered the chemicals in his mind. Rather be from the, the abuse, from the blows from, from his body to his head, or the development that, that is the process from, you know, from uh, when you're just a little spermy cell all the way up to when you're like 20-something years old. That, that, those are critical development stages in, in kids' lives and children's lives at certain, you know, at different parts throughout, throughout your, your life, you know what I mean? So when he was first abused, it already started altering him. And now, one of the, one of the crazy debates or one of the things that, that science and a lot of mental health experts are having, a trouble, are having trouble understanding is are sociopaths born with this already predetermined dysfunction or is it something that is altered in their early development of childhood? In this case, you know, again, I don't know 100%. This is my unprofessional opinion. I believe that maybe it's a little bit of both. I, I believe that if you're, if you're a sociopath with the right care, the right love, and very minimal to zero abuse, you might be able to curve that and live as a productive, non-sociopathic member of society. But it's kind of like if, if, if the body is stressed to no, to no end, then certain attributes are going to pop out, causing the brain to malfunction and, of course, the sociopathic behaviors to, to show even more. And what sucks is because he's learned that sexual abuse is, is an okay thing. Now he's starting to molest his younger brothers and sisters, which is not okay. I don't, I don't agree of any sort of sexual abuse. I don't care what the fucking age is. And whoever thinks and whoever has that mentality that they deserved it, Boy, I tell you, I just have that urge to stab them in the fucking eye with a hot poker that's serrated with the worst type of venom at the very end of it. I think that is the dumbest, stupidest thing that I've ever heard someone say. Oh, they deserved to be sexually abused. But again, I'm getting off on a tangent. Let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the episode. He would then be raped again by another neighbor who showed him heterosexual pornography that apparently disgusted Garavito. Because of his rebelliousness and sexual inclinations, Garavito would be kicked out on a repeated basis throughout his teens. Once by his mother, once by his mother for attempting to rape a boy and again at 16 for an attempted assault on a six-year-old boy in Bogota. Garavito was not kicked out for the rape attempt, however, but for rebellious, rebelliousness. Rebelliousness. <laughs> 
rebelliousness, rebelliousness. There we go. As his father Manuel reasoned, quote, saying, quote, that if there are no women, then Garavita was presumably in his right to assault a young boy, end quote, what in the actual shit as fuck nuts. The dad has some serious issues that have never been worked out. Obviously, when you have a father to flat out say something that if there are no women, then Garavito was presumably in his right to assault a young boy. Oh, my. See, this is the stuff right here that you can't, you, you can never, ever, ever, ever normalize sexual assault at any age, any type, any reason. There's no reason that permits someone to sexually assault anyone of any age, of any gender, of any race. If you're that sexually depraved, I mean, you can make artificial mock genitalia for your pleasure you don't need to assault anyone in order to get the jollies off get the fuck out of here this bullshit ass man boy i tell you let's continue at 16 years old garavito started working as soon as he had enough money to survive on the streets traveling a substantial amount to keep up with the job demands in colombia he worked as a street vendor and migrant worker, developing various relationships with women despite never having been known to have had intercourse with them. Many of these women had children who Garavito was known to have treated kindly. In addition to being a loving boyfriend, a struggling alcoholic, Garavito was known by his friends to be kind yet easily angered. So now we have something that's even worse. We have an individual who's at 16 years old who's already had a clear history of sexual assault. This was never put to a stop. Garavito's dad or his mother did anything to try to curb and correct the the fucked up ideal that that it's okay to go around assaulting people. So now what would we have here? Now we have a 16-year-old Garavito who has now has more time to work on 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 his sickness. When I mean sickness, I don't mean his mental health issues. I mean the sickness of assaulting young children. So now we have here is now we have someone who is able to go to walk freely throughout different cities within Colombia, making his reach even greater than it was if he had just stayed localized in his little neighborhood or his city that he was, that he was initially born and raised in. So now things are, I mean, now things are all bad. There's, there's no way around it. There's no, there's no second Thinking about it, there's no, well, maybe, no, this is all types of bad. When you have Garavito who's able to travel from city to city, things are all bad. Let's continue. Let, now, now, Garavito in adulthood. Let, let's go ahead and jump into that. Garavito would be plagued with symptoms of psychosis, paranoia, and depression as a result of the extreme abuse he had faced as a child and adolescent. And unfortunately, one of the, the, one of the biggest negative things when it comes to deprived or third world countries is that healthcare, specifically mental health, is so shitty if to the point of non-existent that you're not able to go and get help to help treat things that could have been treated with, med- with medication. So in this case, we have Garavito, who, who was severely abused physically, sexually, and mentally. And he's had to, he's had to endure that, 
that burden with him and w- without any any therapy, without any counseling, without anyone guiding him to keep these 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 crazy irrational thoughts and harmful behavior in a bag. Why? Because again, a lot of times, even here in America, mental health isn't the greatest thing that that that's been developed. Could it be a lot better? One hundred percent. But unfortunately, with the greed and corruption of most of several governments. Now, I'm going to say this because, I mean, I, I, until, I, until I grew up and became a big boy clone, I was so naive thinking that America had the best medical health care system in the entire goddamn world. And then I started doing research on it and realized that America is so corrupt with greed and the, pri- the, the, the privatized insurance sector that the only thing that... that I mean, the, one of the only main things here in America that, 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 that the insurance is good for is for collecting money and, and getting the, the bigwigs even more money, even, even just making them more and more wealthier. For those of you who live in the States and have to choose between, damn, do I just pay a fine at the, at the end of the year because I don't have health insurance because I need that extra two, three, four, five hundred bucks a paycheck? to pay for food and bills or do I go ahead and go and get on the struggle wagon and eat oatmeal and cream of wheat and rice until I can save up to buy some, some pretty decent groceries for the family. When in other countries you have free healthcare and it's actually pretty decent free healthcare. Anyway, again, I'm on a tangent. Let's get back to it. For the majority of the 1970s and the 1980s, Garavito would sexually molest children of both sexes as he spiraled into mental illness. His attraction would soon turn Peterist, however. Peterist? P-E-D-E-R-A-S-T. Peterist. That sounds good. He would support himself as a migrant worker and fall in love with a girl from Trujillo. Suffering from depression and suicidal tendencies, he expressed a desire to have children. That's an absolutely no-go, Captain this dude should have had a vasectomy and not been able to produce children at the age of 16, 17 years old. As soon as he had any confirmed molestation, this kid should have been, had, had, I mean, in my opinion, he should have been castorized. I mean, he should have been, been a goddamn eunuch, in my opinion. I mean, if you take away the desires and the hormones, then obviously you're not going to have any issues with, with any sort of depraved uh, feelings and and cravings. Am I right? Of course, I'm right. So, but now we have Garavito who wants to get married and have and have kids. I don't I don't have to say it in detail. Just to just know that everything that I'm reading about this individual is all kinds of bad. Like his father Manuel, Garavito became an alcoholic and soon had to participate in Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. He began a relationship with a woman named Claudia, who he described as being the first woman he'd ever wanted to engage with physically, though his relationships with women were always short-lived as a result of his mental illness. It's a shitty thing. Again, when, when an individual can't get help for mental illness, what is one of the things that they do? They turn to substance abuse to help cope and, and deal with whatever mental strain and episodes that that they're that they're having with that that they're having or dealing with it's a shitty thing i mean it really is one of the biggest things in my opinion is we need to do better with mental health let's continue drifting from his family he was 
only close to his sister, Esther, who avoided him due to his alcoholism. After losing his job at a bakery, Garavito would then attempt suicide and spend at least five years in and out of psychiatric facilities in Colombia, primarily for depression, despite suffering from, quote, malicious voices in his head, end quote. Again, all around the world, and nah, yeah, yeah. Mental health is is really sad. It's a really sad thing. I mean, a lot of people who need it cannot benefit from it just for the fact that it is it, it is not it is not a good structure that's set up. In late 1980, Garavito would escalate his habit of molesta- molesting children at least once a month to torturing the children with methods used on himself as a child by his abuser. So this goes you 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 do unto others what has been done unto you. So some of the things that he, some, some of the, the techniques or not techniques, but some of the things that he's done to other children while he abused them were the same things that were done to him when he was a child. You know that, I mean, here's a side note. That's why one of the biggest things about racism is that people aren't born racist. People are taught this. People are, are taught to hate. Now, in some cases, I don't know exactly, again, what this is going to have to be something where a doctor would have to answer, a psychologist or psychiatrist. I mean, in this case, I'm only using this for an example because I don't have a lot of statistics or a lot of similarities here in front of me. But in this case, this looks like a direct thing where Garavito would do to his victims what was done to him. I mean, it clearly states. I wonder, you know, what, what I'm questioning is that I wonder if he had never been taught any of this, or if none of this had been done to him, would he have gone to the extent that we're going to get into? I don't know. He would then write the name of the molested child in a blue notebook and pray for them feverently while beating his chest. Oh yeah, a lot of times people are hyper-religious thinking that, that that's the way to, to save their soul and, and save themselves and some other bullshit. Despite this, Garavito developed an interest in esoteric study, tarot readings, and Satanism. He would visit palm readers and other occultic practitioners before deciding that they were just as clueless as he was. Now, remember a long time ago when I did the episode on the occult. You have both sides of the coin. One saying, yes, the, the, anyone who, who, who delves into tarot readings and esoteric studies, and crystals, and all that other stuff are playing with evil that shouldn't be messed with. And then you have on the other side of the coin where people use tarot readings and esoteric studies to the benefit saying, yo, it isn't as bad as it really is. Now, it all depends on who has the better debate. Are you going to have the, the person who's against it saying, hey, this is evil, Satanistic, you know, the tarot cards, all they do is is deal with evil entities or yo tarot cards can actually help you by looking and reading into things and giving you an insight. We're not really altering anything, but for the most part, one of the main things is that tarot readings and, and esoteric studies, the whole point of my, of my babble, of my grumbling is that it is, a, I mean, it is a proven fact that it goes 100% against anything Christian or Catholic or anything in a holy, godly religion. 
And anyone who is in the study of esoteric or tarot readings are are at that point identified or related to Satanistic Satanism or Satanistic tendencies. I don't agree with that one way or the other. I don't I don't agree one way or this. You know, hey, the the religious the religion nuts are are true or you know they're telling the truth, or the spiritual readers tarot practitioner, tarot card practitioners, they're the ones who are right. I'm just simply stating what I've been told, taught, read, and what I've understood. So again, you know, you're, you're based off your own judgment and your own, whatever you want to do. If you, if you believe that it's satanic, then Hey, that's your belief. If you don't believe it's satanic, Hey, then that's not, then that's your belief. You know, I'm just telling you what the information that I've, I've done to relate what the esoteric and tarot readings and Satanism all had to do to tie, to tie in what Garavito was staying. What's, what's funny about this thing is that he would visit palm readers and other occultic practitioners and decide that they're just as clueless as he was. They're like, yo, I don't know what I'm talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. So I guess everything was a waste of time. <laughs> Discovering his biography in a red book, he would also become fond of Adolf Hitler. This fondness would turn into idolization, expressing admiration for Hitler, the mass graves, and that, quote, he liked the concentration camps, end quote. There's a lot of issues or a lot of topics or a lot of going back and forth on the, you know, some pro-Hitler, some, some anti-Hitler. I know you're thinking, I know, I know for a fact that just about every listener their ears and their eyes perked up when I said people are pro-Hitler. Like, yo, what the fuck, Grumbler? Now, let me explain before you stone me and, and take my kneecaps out, all right? One of the craziest things, and this is proven statistical facts, this is historic facts, is that the entire world, well, we shouldn't say the entire world, but a lot of, the, a lot of countries, including America, applauded Adolf Hitler in his rebuilding of the economy, of the German economy. So just think of it this way. Adolf Hitler was so liked and appreciated that Adolf Hitler held the, the Olympic Games in Germany. And of course, several countries from around the world went and visited and participated in the Olympics, including America. Just think about this. There was a Nazi Olympics that America and several other anti-Nazi countries participated in. We, I mean, there's, there's statements where, where world leaders actually complimented on, on Adolf Hitler on the ruling and running of his country. Insane, right? Right. When I first read that, I was like, what the, no, no, no. But then you know what? We're also reading it from things that we've already know that's transpired. This is back when when they were watching things as they transpired. But that's insane. Where people? That's why I said. I mean, there's other than the ridiculous dumbass Nazis and white hate groups and other dumb motherfuckers like that. There are people back, you know, historic where back in the in the 30s and 40s, or even the early, we'll say late 20s and early 30s, where they applauded Hitler on the way he ran Germany. That's insane to me. That blows my mind. But in this case, for Garavito, he idolized him all because of the negativity and the disgusting acts of humanity, towards humanity that Hitler performed and, and conducted on, on the innocent, the, the, Jew, the Jewish population. 
it's crazy to me that 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 Garavito would would understand that the fondness would turn into idolization after it after uh, admiring Hitler for the mass graves and that he lacked and he also liked the concentration camps. Now, for you those of you who are listening to my episode right now, you know I, you might be trying to eat some popcorn. You're probably trying to relax and settle down for the evening. When you hear that he admired Hitler, I mean, you automatically have to think. Well, at least I did. Maybe, maybe not you, but this dude is going to do a bunch of crazy shit that shouldn't be done, right? Right. Committing his first murder of a boy named Juan Carlos on October 2nd, 1992, Garavito began to wear various disguises in order to evade identification and arrest. In 1995, Garavito would suffer from a hard fall, breaking his leg, which never healed properly, leaving him with a permanent limp that helped to provide investigators with evidence against him in his 1999 trial. What's crazy is that in 1999, I was 17 years old and I never once, not never, never, not once heard of Luis Garavito on over the news. Why? Because they kept that shit isolated out there in Colombia because they don't want stuff like that to get out. I mean, I mean, I mean, I can understand what's happening in a different country. We're very rarely are we going to hear that that shit drip over here into the United States or, you know, in surrounding countries, you know, uh, Canada. Mexico. I'm pretty sure Mexico might have heard of it. You know, I never know. Let's get into his killing spree. Oh, yes, he had a killing spree because he's a serial killer. Sick bastard. Garavito's victims were clearly identified by their age, sex, and social status. Garavito targeted boys between the ages of 6 to 13, with a single exception of a crippled 16-year-old boy. These boys were either homeless, peasants, or orphaned. And, you know, when I read more into this, the reason why he, he targeted these individuals is that he said, quote, I figured nobody would miss them, making it easier for me to have fun. Boy, I tell you. Oh, my gosh. I told you this episode was going to be jacked up. I told you from the get-go, after the Struggle Snuggles uh, ad, once the, well, I told you, I told you. I told you, okay? He would approach the young boys either on the crowded streets or alone in the countryside and lure them away by bribing them with small gifts such as money, candy, or odd jobs. Now, what sucks is that that's been the MO for... (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but that's been the way to lure people in for decades and centuries, apparently, is that, hey, I have candy. You don't have anything. Come over here. You know, that's the whole joke of the, the, the whole white van. Uh, you know, I you know I don't even know how that that stereotype came around. Was that anybody with with blacked out windows or no windows in a white Econoline van are usually going to have the best candy, and so you should go and and uh, jump in the van and see what they offer. You know, I don't know why that joke is, but obviously luring with you know poor kids with you know plying them with food and 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 snacks. Unfortunately, because of the impoverished, they are going to agree. You know, it's kind of shitty, but. What else are they going to do? You know, it's like, hey, am I going to have a delicacy or am I going to starve again for the 13th day in a row? It's kind of shitty, you know. Which one would you choose? Honestly, which one would you choose? Let me know. GraveyardGrumbler at mail.com. Graveyard Grumbler podcast on Instagram and Podbean. Just look me up. Let me know. Leave a comment. Let's continue. 
Garavito had a preference for lighter-skinned boys with colored eyes. Born and raised in the heavily Spanish-influenced Paisa region of Colombia, Luis knew where to find boys that fit his criteria. He offered easy work for money and even disguised himself as different characters who could be seen as legitimately offering work to the boys, such as a priest, a farmer, a homeless man, a street vendor, a drug dealer, an elder, an elderly man, and a gum and a gambler and a gambler. To prevent suspicions about his activities from developing, Garavito would change his disguise quite often. What is one of the shittiest things that I read in that list is that he would disguise himself as a priest. We all know, and I might actually do an episode on on the corruption of the Catholic and the Vatican. I might do that. My brother Chewbox has warned me against because of the strong, long reach of of the Vatican and the cath and the Catholic the Catholic rebellion that's uh that that's very evident and present in our world but i might actually do one i might actually read and see the corruption that is the catholics and the vatican but we all know the 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 scandalous events that have transpired with priests throughout the, the beginning of time i mean it's no secret it's been all over the news even even the pope himself condemned it and and shamed the individuals that he has now been ruling in his own covenant or whatever you call it i don't know what it's called but he he's he's actually shamed him and said that you know pedophiles have no room in the in the catholic church but if you do that you know how many priests are going to be left what two one maybe <laughs> Oh, boy, I tell you. Once he had the trust of a child, Garavito would walk with the boy until they were tired and vulnerable, which then made them easy to handle. First, their hands were bound. Then Garavito would remove all their clothes and proceed to torture, rape, and sometimes decapitate them. Now, during every episode, I hate to give kudos. and It's not even kudos, but you have to think about well, I guess you don't really have to, but just think about the fact that one of the things that Garavito would do is that he would walk with these boys until they were, quote, tired and vulnerable, which made them easy to handle in turn, meaning that they gave, they put up, they put less of, put up less of a fight since you're, you're tired and vulnerable. Think about it. If you're tired and hungry, just day to day. You're, you're, you're deprived of food and nutrients, so you're already weak as it is. But for you to exhaust even more energies to walk, to walk a certain amount of time or a lengthy, lengthy amount of time, well, that's going to put you even put you further into exhaustion and make it even more difficult for you to put up any sort of effort because you just don't have the energy because you're lacking food and nutrients to put, up a, to put up a fight, which is one of the shittiest things that I just read and is processing in my head. You know what I mean? It, it it just it blows my mind that number one he's targeting these these kids who are already weak and vulnerable and lack nutrients and energy to further exhaust them putting I mean in my opinion putting them in 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 catatonia or in such an exhaustive state that they they're just laying there and they just can't do anything but maybe verbally put up a fight and then for Garavito. They, he would bound their hands, torture and rape them, and even sometimes decapitate them. It's just insane that something like that is a thing. 
and that this individual did it. It's not even this individual. It's 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 been it's been put out throughout the entire course of history that things like this have happened and continue to happen. According to Garavito, he made quote a pact with the devil end quote and satanic ritual was also incorporated incorporated into the murders of the children. Usually, the boy would endure prolonged rape and torture by having his buttocks stabbed and sharpened objects inserted into his anus. His testicles were often severed and placed into his mouth. Jesus, fuck nuts in June. So according to this sick individual, Mr. Garavito, I'm not even calling him a mister. You're not even a mister. You're, you're a fuck-faced piece of shit. He made a pact with the devil, which in turn included satanic rituals that were incorporated into the murders of these innocent children. Could you imagine, just, just, just imagine the detectives and the individuals who found, not even the detectives, just the, just the innocent bystanders, the regular pedestrians that were walking down the street and saw these poor children mutilated in, in, in the manner that, that I just described. It's bad enough that that they're victims of of this crazy fucked up individual. But to be oh my gosh. Boy, I tell you. This you see what I mean? I mean, do you do you understand where why I have no tolerance? I have zero tolerance for pedophiles or anyone or anyone who, who rapes or sexually assaults anyone, I have zero patience and zero tolerance for motherfuckers like that. It's like, I, I don't have, I, I don't have any patience and every one of them should be gone off the face of this earth. You would think that because, you know, obviously if I read it earlier that he was investigated and hopefully he was caught. And maybe the book was thrown at him. And then maybe, I mean, being Colombia, being a third, a third world country, maybe there was justice of some sort by, by removing this individual and ceasing his, and having him cease life. That's the only thing that I can hope on, I can hope during this, in this episode, is that somehow, some way, maybe some sort of justice was, was attained in this whole madness. I mean, for them, for him to prolong rape, Remove the testicles and place them place them in their mouth, and and sodomy with sharpened objects. The fuck out of here, man. That that's see what I mean. I mean, sick individuals. It just oh my gosh. So now, this is again. I mean, listener discretion is advised. I should have known. I should have given the warning ahead of time. I do apologize. But listener discretion is advised. I mean, there, there's some really pretty hard things to listen here. I mean, this just, this honestly should have been a Patreon episode. And I think from here on out, episodes of this manner will be put on Patreon just because, again, I don't know the age limit or the age group of my listeners, although I do have on my pod that it is explicit. I don't know the age range of my listeners. So unfortunately, listener discretion is, is advised. Mom and dads out there, listener discretion is advised. Let's continue. Garavito's victims were burned with a lighter, stomped on, and often showed cuts in the back, belly, and throat. 
The bodies of the children were all found completely naked and all bore bite marks and signs of anal penetration. Bottles of lubricant were found near the bodies along with empty liquor bottles. Most corpses showed signs of prolonged torture. Boy, I tell you. There's, there's not really anything that I can comment on that. Not one thing. There, there's not one thing that I can, I can legitimately comment on what I just read. Just that this individual was very, very sick and needed some sort of help back when he was being tortured and abused. But of course, never received it. What, what's crazy is that these invest, investigators were able to see signs of prolonged torture. Jesus fuck. I, oh my gosh. Investigation. At least there's a, there, there might be light at the end of the tunnel. Beginning in 1992, boys between the ages of 6 through 13, with the exception of the 16-year-old handicapped boy, began disappearing rapidly from the streets of Colombia. Due to decades-long civil war, many children in Colombia were poor, homeless, and orphaned. For years, these murders had gone unnoticed because many of the victims had no police report filed on their disappearance. Clusters of bodies had begun popping up all over Colombia, yet authorities did not take much notice until 1997 when mass graves of as many as 41 children were uncovered. Yes, you understood me correctly. A mass grave of as many as 41 children were uncovered. What bugs me about this research, what bugs me the shit out of me that I mean, what bugged the shit out of me is, is the fact that for years, these murders had gone unnoticed all because the victims had no police report filed on this, on their disappearance. Remember, they also said that bodies began, you know, children between the ages of 6 to 13 began disappearing rapidly from the streets. Many of the children in Colombia were poor, homeless, and orphans. So in my, in my opinion, or not my opinion, but in my, my brain right now, in my, my brain cells, in my cerebellum, law enforcement... And justice officials in Colombia washed away and kind of pushed these murders aside and didn't suspect something was afoot because these kids were orphaned and poor. You know, I don't know about about a lot of people, maybe people who have some sort of a moral compass or some sort of, you know, ethics that are worth a shit. If you're running a city. And kids of a certain age demographic are are missing quite often. Wouldn't you suspect something was wrong and not just wash it off or, or you know, scoot it under the blanket or under the rug because they're poor and orphaned? What what's crazy again? What's, what makes it even what makes it even worse is that clusters of bodies had begun popping up all over Colombia. Yet authorities did not take much notice until 1997, when mass when mass graves of as many as 41 children were uncovered. So this is beginning in 1992. So for five years, 
maybe even longer. Five years, Garavito was able to work freely and without any worry or, or concern of being caught because authorities in Colombia just said, fuck it, they're, they're homeless and poor and no one is filing any missing persons reports. So we're just going to go ahead and kind of pick up the bodies off the side of the road and, and dispose of them because we don't know where they came from. We don't know what happened to them. They probably just died. And who cares because they're homeless and orphaned and poor. That's what I'm getting from what I just read. If I'm wrong, correct me, please. If I'm wrong, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com, graveyardgrumblerpodcast at Instagram or Podbean. Just look up Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I'll pop up. Let me know what you think. But in my opinion, Colombian authorities didn't care too much about them. Oh, my gosh. What if? Oh, okay. Now, now don't, don't stone me for what I'm about to say. But this just popped in the, in the cerebellums right now. What if the Colombian authorities didn't take much notice or didn't care because the streets were getting cleaned up? From the homeless and the orphaned. What if they thought that way? And so didn't really care until mass graves were uncovered. You know, I mean, we've, I don't know about you, but I've read several times where certain impoverished areas are, or impoverished areas are are grateful when, when they're homeless and orphaned and poor die because number one, they're not using resources. Number two, they're cleaning up the streets. Number three, crime will not go out of control. Again, these I've actually read this in for other countries, third world countries. And we're talking about on the continent of, of, uh, of Africa. We're talking about South America. We're talking about the Middle East. We're talking about several places around the world that we are familiar with on, you know, geographically that, a lot of authorities and a lot of world leaders in those areas are grateful when people are come up missing or are killed because now they're cleaning up the streets, quote unquote, quote unquote, parentheses, hieroglyphics, fucking asterisks, whatever, uh, upside down exclamation, whatever you want to put plus minus multiplication sign. But that has actually been said about several about people around the world. What if, Colombian authorities felt the same way. But then when you have multiple or, you know, mass graves of 41 plus children, now there's a reason for concern because how are you going to hide this? Fuck me running. The large number of missing children called for a widespread investigation as these killings were not confined to a specific area. In February 1998, outside the town of Geneva, Colombia, the bodies of two naked children were found lying next to each other on a hill. So the, it wasn't until a large number of children became missing when it called for a widespread investigation. So it wasn't until, I'm, I don't know, people who actually gave a shit or whose parents were still alive were worrying that a lot, a lot of kids around that area were becoming a missing. Yo, there's a lot of kids dying. Maybe you should look into that because I can't find Tiny Tim walking the streets right now. Oh, yeah, I don't know what to do. Let me let me see what I can do. You know, hey, yo, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. My hands are tied right now, man. Shut the fuck up. 
The next day, only meters away, another child's naked body was found. All three bodies had their hands bound and bore signs of sexual abuse. The, victim, the victim's necks were severely cut and bruises were on their backs, genitals, legs, and buttocks. The murder weapon was found in the same area as the bodies. A note that had been found at the crime scene had an address written on it. This information led them to Garavito's girlfriend. Boy, I tell you. So now when, when we found a, a, a set of kids, the next day, only meters away, another child's naked body was found, all with the same exact signs of, of abuse and torture that Garavito has done to the other, how many other kids that, that he's, murdered, he's tortured and murdered. So the same exact signs were found on these three kids. And now all of a sudden people are, are taking to account, you know, now uh, Colombian authorities are like, yo, maybe we should do something about it. But what's crazy is that why did one of the bodies at the crime scene have the address of his girlfriend, of Garavito's girlfriend on it? Did he drop it? But I mean, if you're dating the girl, unless she recently moved, you wouldn't worry about having an, ad an address, right? I mean, I would think so. Garavito's girlfriend was contacted, but she told police that she had not seen Garavito in months. She did, however, give the she did, however, give to the police a bag that he had left in her possession, which contained a number of Garavito's belongings. These items included pictures of young boys, detailed journals of his murders, tally marks of his victims, and bills. Wow. Just wow. I don't, I, I don't, I honestly, just, just wow. Caravito's girlfriend gave the police a bag that contained a number of Garavito's belongings. These items included pictures of young boys, detailed journals of his murders, tally marks of his victims, and bills. So basically what this is, this is the guilty bag. This is the bag that people, that the law enforcement is like, yo, this motherfucker did it because the evidence is right here. It's in his journal. He, he admitted and kept tally marks and written record of everything that were a lot of things that he, that he, that he did. This new information led them to Garavito's residence, but the property was vacant. Detectives believe that Garavito was either traveling for work or away attempting to find his next victim. Well, yeah, you think? What gave that away? I don't know. The fact that you found a mass grave of 41 fucking kids? Boy, I tell you, I apologize for the, ex the excessive amount of, of explicit words that I am dropping, but this episode is getting me fired up. And not in a good way. Not like, fire it up, fire it up. Fire it up. Wait, no, not that way. I'm talking about like fire it up. I'm going to go kick little puppies and flip over desks because of the, of the ignorance and incompetence and how many victims that this motherfucker had. All right, let's continue. Garavito was picked up by local police just a few days later on an unrelated charge of attempted rape against an adolescent boy. A homeless man had been close enough to observe the struggle between Garavito and the child and felt it necessary to rescue the adolescent. Well, good for you. Mr. Garavito, the, the, the homeless gentleman that held Garavito or that, that stopped Garavito from, from uh, having another victim. Kudos to you. If I was there, I would buy you a Big Mac and some king size fries. Speaking of which, the funniest story happened to me the other day. Or actually, just on, on my first day off, which was on Monday. 
my wife and I, Mrs. Grumbler, we went out to Guitar Center because I love going to Guitar Center and looking at different equipment, you know? And I just went to, to, to I just enjoy, I love looking at the new equipment. I like looking at new bells and whistles. I just enjoy looking at equipment. It's like window shopping, you know, when women go in and say, oh, I like doing that. You know, that's pretty, I, that's what I like to do at Guitar Center and other music stores. So my wife and I pulled up in front of Guitar Center. I get out and as we were getting out, there was this homeless gentleman who was sitting against the wall asking for money. You know, it's not uncommon. You know, home, you know, homeless individuals are everywhere. So he asked this, he asked this, this, uh, this other gentleman who was walking by, who just walked out of Guitar Center said, hey, excuse me, do you have some money for tacos? And this gentleman, you know, who had equipment, put his equipment down and said, you know what, brother, let me take care of you. I have something for you, okay? He gives, the, he gives this homeless gentleman $40, $40 and says, you go and buy whatever you need to buy, food, clothes, you, you treat yourself and make sure that, that you have the, the, whatever food you want for the next couple of days. Here you go. Gives him $40, right? Right. So my wife and I walk into the store, we, you know, I, I do my, my eye shopping and, and look around and we walk out. Well, we walk out because we you know where I parked, I parked right in front of where the homeless gentleman was sitting at. As I walked by, this homeless man asked my wife and I, excuse me, but do you have money for tacos? Or do you have money? I can, do you have money so I can have, so I can get tacos? And I looked at this, this guy and I was like, Yo, you just got forty dollars. What are you? What are you? What are you talking about? Yeah, I know some of you are like, "Yo, that sounds greedy," but homeboy just got forty dollars, and I just saw the guy forty dollars. If that were me, I would have not been sitting there anymore. I would have gotten up and walked over to the taco spot and had me the biggest fucking taco meal I could ever afford, within reason, because I'm you know I'm going to keep the money for later because I'm going to need some tacos for later. I'm a big boy. But it just, I'm ranting and raving. I just, that was just a side note that literally happened to my wife and I on, on Monday on my first day off was that this dude just got $40 and we walk out and he asked for, this, for more money. I was like, man, boy, I tell you. But anyway, back to, back to the episode. Hey, good job on this homeless guy who, who stopped Garavito for, uh, from, from uh, having another victim. Right on. Garavito was arrested and unbeknownst to them, the police had in their custody the man who was the most wanted killer in Colombia. His arrest, Garavito's arrest and sentencing now, we're finally going to get some justice on this piece of shit. Garavito was arrested on April 22nd, 1999 on separate charges of attempted rape. Garavito was questioned about the local killings and his attempted rape charges. Police speculated that Garavito had planned on killing the young boy if the bystander had not intervened. You think? Oh, I tell you. After a short interrogation, detectives, detectives suspected Garavito of being la, best, la bestia. Although Garavito had insisted on his innocence, the detailed description of his killings brought Garavito to tears. La bestia. I don't... What is la bestia? I think that's like the beast. Yeah, la bestia is the, is the beast. So the beast of Colombia is what they called him. So, oh, all of a sudden, the detailed description of his killings brought Garavito to tears. Get the fuck out of here. If you can kill over 40 kids, then you have no, you have no remorse. You have no, no, no emotions. You have nothing, no, no grief, you piece of shit. Get the fuck out of here. Brought you to tears. Shut your ass up. It only brought you to tears because you got caught and you knew that you weren't, you weren't going to be able 
to continue on your six killing spree. For Colombia's Justice Department, Garavito confession was not enough. Wait, the hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. For Colombia's Justice Department, Garavito's confession was not enough. When, when is, when isn't a killer's confession enough to convict the killer who confessed to killing the the the, the people? Oh my gosh. Garavito had an eye condition that was rare and only found in men in a particular age group. His glasses were specifically designed for his unique condition. What the fuck does it matter? I don't give a shit about that. These particular glasses were found at the site of a mass grave. Garavito also left behind empty liquor bottles, his underwear, and occasionally his shoes. DNA was found on the victims along with the other items left behind. Jesus fucking hell. Police scheduled the entire jail where Garavito was being detained to get an eye exam. The outcome of his eye exam would help police pair the glasses to Garavito. By making it mandatory for all prisoners, it reduced Garavito's suspicion and kept him from lying about his eyes, his eyesight. What do you what do you have to do? Hold on, I'm confused. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Why are we doing why are we giving an eye exam to the entire jail when Garavito admitted to being the person who killed all these kids? He confessed his crimes, but yet it stated that his confession wasn't enough. So now we're going to waste money and resources by, by having the entire jail get an eye exam when Garavito admitted to being the killer. I'm, I'm not sure if I understood that properly. Am I, am I missing something? So those of you who are listening to my episode right now, let me know. Did I miss something here? Did, am, I, am, I, am I confused? Garavito admitted to the killings, yet the Justice Department said it wasn't enough. And so therefore, they're going to conduct an eye exam on the entire jail because a certain prescription of glasses were found at one of the mass grave sites. I'm not sure if I'm understanding that. Grumbler at mail.com, not Gmail. It is not Gmail. It is at mail.com. Graveyard Grumbler podcast on Podbean and Instagram. Let me know if I missed something. Why are we conducting an eye exam when Garavito admitted to killing these individuals? Boy, I tell you. While Garavito was out of his cell, detectives took DNA samples from his pillow and living area. The DNA found on the victims was a match to the DNA found in Garavito's cell. Garavito confessed to murdering 140 children and was charged with killing 172 altogether throughout Colombia. You heard that right. Yes, I didn't stutter. I didn't, I didn't make that number up. Garavito confessed to murdering 140 children but was charged with killing 172 children altogether throughout Colombia. I don't know if this makes him the most prolific serial killer that I've covered. I'm not sure. I think he's up there, though. But I think, in my opinion, he might be the worst since it was 172 children altogether. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Boy, I tell you. 
He was found guilty on 138 of the 172 accounts. The others are ongoing. Garavito was sentenced to 1,853 years and nine days in prison, the lengthiest sentence in Colombian history. That it is, that's what's up. 1,853 years and nine days in a Colombian prison, motherfucker, you are going to get your ass whooped. You're going to get phone checked 1,853 times in the side of the goddamn neck. You will, no long, you will not make it out of prison. Oh, wait. Oh, but let me share this with you because I have some fucked up, ridiculous information. Although Garavito was sentenced to 1,853 years and nine days in prison, Colombian law limits imprisonment to 40 years. And because Garavito helped police find the victim's bodies, his sentence was further reduced to 22 years. Oh, you heard me correctly. That means that in 22 years or less, this sick individual who has murdered 172 individuals will be set free and able to walk amongst everyday people. He was sentenced to 1,853 day, 1,853 years and nine days in prison. But Colombian law limits imprisonment to 40 years. Oh, and because Garavito helped police find the victim's body, his sentence was reduced to was further reduced to 22 years. Look, I'm I'm not a justice specialist. I'm not a I'm not a judge. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not anyone in the justice field or the criminal justice field to have any sort of professional opinion on matters such as sentencing. But if someone is is found guilty and has confessed to 140 murders, children that he murdered, there is no way in hell or earth or whatever realistic world that this that individual is going to have a sentence of only 22 years. If I had it my way, Colombia, I understand you're 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 going through a bunch of civil issues and you have to readjust to make humanitarian efforts and make things better for your country and your people in the country. I understand that. However, fixing your justice system is probably one of the most important things that need to be done. This in the Garavito murdered. 172 innocent children and he's only getting 22 years in prison because Colombian law limits imprisonment to 40 years. I don't care if Garavito helped dig up the bodies and help haul them into into the, the ambulances to get taken to the morgue. You're not gonna get sentence reduced to 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 22 years. That's bullshit. 
He killed 172 kids, and you're telling me because he helped find the victim's body, he is now, the sentence was reduced to a further 22 years? So what you're telling me is that you can kill and harm as many people as you want in Colombia, but due to regulations of Colombian law, the max sentence that someone can get is 40 years. So if I hurt a bunch of people in Colombia, I'm, I'm going to be 40 years old. So you're telling me that in when I'm 80, I will be set free. But if I help Colombian authorities find my victims, I can get my sentence reduced. So I can only serve, so I can, so therefore I'll, I'll be able to serve a shorter term. Now, you know, the, the more I repeat this and the more I say this out loud, the more and more ridiculous and stupid that shit sounds. I can't be the only one to think that that is the dumbest fucking thing. A maximum of 40 years, regardless of the crime. Regardless of the severity of the crime, not regardless of the crime, because I don't know what they get for drug dealers. Well, I'm just talking about for this instance. So the, regardless of the severity of the crime, Colombian law has an imprisonment max of 40 years. But they can get out on good behavior no matter if they confessed and have were found guilty, especially for Garavito. He was Garavito was 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 uh, murdered 172 innocent children, innocent boys, and was and is only gonna serve 22 years. Jesus fuck. Garavito is currently serving his sentence in a maximum security prison in Valatupar in the department of El Cesar in Colombia. He is held separately from all other prisoners because it is feared that he would be killed immediately. He is scheduled to become eligible for parole in 2023. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Remember when I mentioned earlier that street justice and prison justice is something that should go hand in hand? You have someone who just murdered 172 kids, so now you're protecting him from the general public. It is feared that he would be killed immediately. He deserves to be killed immediately. He just mur- he murdered 172 kids. So the good thing is that, you know, for those of you who, who are interested, he will become eligible for parole in 2023 because he's in segregation being protected by the very laws that are supposed to condemn and convict and protect the people of Colombia. But this individual is only going to serve a max of 22 years and now is available for parole in two years. In two years. In two years, this, this, this motherfucker is going to be walking out on the streets of Colombia just la, 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 la. This is ridiculous. I mean, this is one of the most ridiculous episodes I've ever done. And I've done some pretty ridiculous episodes. And this one by far takes the goddamn cake. 172 kids he murdered to max of 22 year sentence because he helped the authorities find the victims was kept protected in, in, in segregation. But is now eligible for parole in 2023. Now, how many times do I have to read this? I mean, no matter how many times I read that over and over and over and read and say it over and over in my head, it just doesn't make sense to me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm looking too much into it. I don't know. Boy, I tell you. Colombian law, however, says that those who have committed 
crimes against children are not eligible to receive any benefits. <laughs> hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Colombian law, however, says that those who have committed crimes against children are not eligible to receive any benefits with or from justice. Or with, uh, That's the way that is worded. Benefits with justice. And are required to spend at least 60 years of their sentence in prison. In Garavito's case, this would mean that the national maximum 40-year imprisonment limit and especially reduction to 22 years for helping find victims' bodies, both considered justice benefits, would not be applicable. So he's not going to get money from, from, from Colombia because he didn't serve 60 years. And, and on top of that, he, was, he, he committed crimes against children. Ooh, Big deal, but he's still alive and he's able to walk freely in two, in 2023. Oh, but he's not going to receive any benefits. Oh my gosh. So we're going to have more criminals or we're going to have a, a, more homeless men on the streets. And he's a, obviously a very violent predator released onto the streets without any, any mental health reform, any medication, any mental health treatment help prevent this this asshole from committing the same crimes over and over. Now it is pro- it is a proven stat. It is it is a proven statistic. I'm not speaking out the side of my neck. I'm not speaking wild on the yard. As you know, as, as people in the hood would say. However, for those of the for those individuals, male or female, it doesn't matter. For those for those predators, these these individuals who do not get adequate mental health treatment have been proven to commit the same crimes over and over and over. So therefore, they they would need intense mental health treatment and and medication stabilization to help prevent and and keep at bay these behaviors and temptations. But no, we're just gonna on in 2023. Oh, you're not gonna get any justice benefits because you committed crimes against family, crimes against children. But we're gonna go ahead and let you free on the street because. Columbia can only can only max you out at 40 years and you're going to serve 22 years and so you're going to be perfectly fine. Boy, I tell you. So the outrage and the public response after hearing the the ridiculous fucking sentencing for Garavito. Many Colombians criticized the possibility of Garavito's early release. In recent years, Colombians have increasingly felt that Garavito's sentence was not sufficient punishment for his crimes. 100% correct. There was not sufficient punishment for his crimes. He got out in 22 years, was kept in, in segregation, and is going to be able to, and is eligible for parole in 2023. You're goddamn right that, that that wasn't sufficient punishment for his crimes. Some have argued he deserves either life in prison or the death penalty, neither of which exist in Colombia. So you're telling me that in Colombia, there is no life in prison unless you die, of course, while you're in prison ahead of what you're supposed to do. So there's no death penalty and there's no life in prison. Yet you expect the people of Colombia to not take matters into your own into their own hands, you know? It, it, that. That that's mind boggling to me. It, it it's ridiculous. Jeez, I mean, I know I know the American society. I know American justice system isn't the best, but at least with something like that, we you know I can confidently say that Garavito, if he would have committed those crimes here in America, Garavito would have been in prison for the rest of his goddamn life, at the very least, if not death penalty, depending on what state he committed the crimes in. 
I mean, hell, we have people serving 40 fucking years for, for a gram of cocaine. And back before weed was legal for an ounce of cocaine, you, I mean, an ounce of marijuana, you have people serving 10 to 20 years for their first offense, for their first drug offense. What makes you think that someone who murdered 172 kids here in America wouldn't have gotten death penalty or life in prison? And I can guarantee, goddamn, uh, guarantee that he probably more than likely 100% would have been taken out in prison. Because that's just justice, in my opinion. Let's continue. Columbia, Colombian law had no provision or method to impose a sentence longer than what Garavito received, which was seen as a deficiency in the law caused by failure to address the possibility of a serial killer in Colombian society. The law has since increased the maximum penalty for such crimes to 60 years. Oh, 60 years. Whoop-dee-doo, Basil. Okay, so 60 years for such crimes. Why not give them life? What's the, what's the problem? The TV host and journalist Guillermo Prieto La Rota, popularly, popularly known as Piri, interviewed Garavito for a show which aired on, 11, on June 11, 2006. Piri mentioned that during the interview, Garavito tried to minimize his actions and expressed intent to start a political career in order to help abuse you. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, my gosh. So for those of you who, who, who are listening right now, at the one hour 20 mark, you're going to hear my voice go in and out of my microphone because I literally just spun around on my chair when I just read that Garavito wants to start a political career in order to help abuse children. Are you kidding me? Does, do, do, do people, do, I mean, the authorities and political leaders in Colombia, they don't see how ridiculous that sounds. You know, look, man, if Garavito does succeed in a, with a political career, that's not a good look for you guys. That's not a good look for Colombia when you're allowing the serial pedophilic, pedophilic murderers, serial killers to be to, to hold a, a career, a political career in, I don't know, helping abuse children, the same children he preyed on. He's going to wants to start a political career in order to help abuse you. Boy, I tell you, get the fuck out of here. Oh my God. Again, this is one of the most absurd episodes I have ever done. Jesus, Christmas trees and dudes. Beatty also described Garavito's conditions in prison and commented that due to good behavior, he could probably apply for early release within three years. Today, Luis, Luis Alfredo Garavito aims to become... Hold on. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Hold on. Let me... Let me... Let me I, I just stuttered over my words because of what I just read. Today, Luis Alfredo Garavito aims to become a minister and enter politics in order to help abused children. He is eligible for parole in 2023, though his release is unlikely. So this guy, Garavito, aims to become a minister. A minister. A minister enter politics in order to help abuse children. Now, there, there's no one at all, like, like I don't know, a, a prison counselor, the warden, or anyone else of that magnitude that's going to look him right in the eyes and tell him you're fucking crazy. 
you've lost your rabbit goddamn mind if you think you're going to become a minister or a politician to help abuse children. The very children that, that number one, caused you to be who you are, and number two, the ones that you preyed upon. I'm not talking about the abused part. I'm talking about the children part. Remember, he prayed, he killed 172 boys, little children boys. And now he wants to become a minister so he can be, I don't know, be around them more. The fuck out of here. Graveyard Grumbler's final wrap. Let's, let's wrap this goddamn episode up. Let, oh my gosh. In February 1998, two naked corpses of children were discovered lying next to each other outside of the town of Genua, Colombia. We read that. That was one of the ones that sparked off the investigation, which, I mean, unfortunately, it happened. But at the same time, I am very glad that, that it did happen in order for fucking Colombian authorities to finally get off their goddamn ass and start looking into this ridiculous shit that happened. The location was on the slope of a hill as most of the other crime scenes. On the, ne- on the next day, only meters away, a third corpse was found, this time in a state of advanced decomposition. Meaning that, look, the, the, a third body was found, but how long was that body laying there? I mean, what's crazy to me is that several children, several children, several children started, started missing in early 1992, but authorities paid no mind to it because no missing persons report was filed. And on top of that, like I mentioned earlier, it was because they were homeless, orphaned, and poor. So if they're missing, they're missing. What's the big goddamn deal? Now, it wasn't until they discovered the mass grave of 41 kids, and now these bodies, one of the bodies were, were uh, decomposing. When people were like, when the authorities were like, yo, we should do something about it. Yeah, you're right. All bodies had been tied at the hands. Numerous bloodstains could be detected in the area as well as a knife. The necks, of, the necks of the bodies and external genitals were deeply cut or severed. This was one of the, the markers of Garavito. He, that was one of his markings. He, again, would cut off the genitalia of these, of these young boys and decapitate most of them. If not, so, I mean, several of them, if not all of them, most of them, from my understanding. A closer investigation of the bodies revealed bike marks and signs of anal penetration. A bottle of lubricant was found too. Post-mortem interval could not be determined. DNA typing of the collected stains could, could, not, could not be performed because of cost. What the f- So they, it, it took them a long time to, to run DNA samples, which maybe they could have actually found Garavito earlier, but because of the cost... They were unable to perform this. Therefore, leaving Garavito to rack up more numbers in his sick killing spree. Oh, I tell you. Since at that point, there were, there were several known serial killers on the loose in Colombia, it was not clear if these were victims of Pedro Alonso Lopez, around 70 victims locally, known as the Monster Strangler of the, of the Andes. Of the Andes. The crime scenes in the state of the corpse did, however, not at all match the crimes of the other serial killers. Example, Lopez only killing only killed girls. Profiling was not possible due to organizational and funding problems. So what we're what what I'm reading here is that there were several serial killers loose in Colombia. However, none of them could be profiled or none of them could be seriously tracked because of funding issues. Again, I'm not, I'm not an economics 
professor. I'm not a professional. I'm not even an expert. I'm not even a novice. I actually ditched economics in high school because I said, fuck economics. I don't want to go. I don't care about econ. But wouldn't, wouldn't focusing and, and, and putting money into your local justice system and, and other organizations such as that, like police, you know, investigators, detectives, wouldn't that make more sense to start putting money in them so you can, I don't know, stop people from killing 70 to 172 victims? I mean, I, I don't know. Again, I'm not an economics major. I'm not a world leader. I just know that if I want to protect my people, I'm going to start putting money into organizations that are going to help protect my people. But again, we, we, corruption is is rampant in several countries. Unfortunately, it's the, that's the shitty reality. But still, boy, I tell you. Apart from the already mentioned behavior, decapitations, or at least their attempts seem to be typical for Garavito. In many, case, in many cases, because of the decompensation, the only way to prove this were notches in the fourth vertebrae of the neck. Oh, yeah, you have to do detective work. Ooh, big deal. Many of the soft tissue cuts that could be documented were caused by a knife that produced raw lacerations as, as if the blade was old or notchy. The internal or organs were usually left in place on the abdomen. Garavito did produce multiple stab wounds, but no anatomical cuts. The only exception was a 10-year-old boy killed in January 1997 who was found under similar circumstances, but the wounds were produced by a stabbing weapon without a blade, technically impaling wounds. Dismembering of the corpse only took place in the cases where body parts had to be transported out of the houses in which very few killings had taken place. In very few cases, he also put the bodies in bags and sank them together with stones in water. So what, now what I'm doing different is that with the Graveyard Grumbler final wrap, I'm adding a little bit of more information just so I can just give my little bit more of my unprofessional opinion on this shit. Number one, I'm glad Garavito has it was taken care of and he was he was put in the he was finally stopped. What I'm not what I'm not excited about though is the fact that he only is going to be given 22 years and is eligible for parole. So, you know, there was a statement where he said, where it was said that, you know, his release is, is probably not going to happen. That's not the point. The point is that he was only sentenced 22 years from the get-go and they only had a maximum of 40 years. Someone who has convicted such horrible acts of violence should at the very least be serving life in prison in general population. I don't believe in, in segregation. I don't care if, if it's my close best friend, uncle, or my brother, Chewbox. You know what I mean? I love my brother to death. I really do. However, if he committed a crime, I would 100% say, yo, hey, you did the crime. Now you do the time out of segregation. That goes for anybody. Again, I don't, I don't tolerate ridiculous abuse. Of, of uh, it, it's unnecessary. It's fucking unnecessary. He should have gotten the death penalty. I mean, he, but 22 years is a, is a joke and it's a slap in the face for all the victims' families. It really is. Even, even for the people of Colombia, even if they weren't a victim, just the fear and the worry that they have that now in 2022, Garavito is going to be eligible for parole and possibly 
released on the streets of Colombia. And what makes it worse is that this jackass wants to become a minister and have a political career to help abused children. Get the fuck out of here, man. The only thing you should be doing is serving life and 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 uh, digging fucking rocks out of out of the dirt until you die in prison, not out in the really real world. Boy, I tell you, like, this is probably one of the most disturbing episodes I have ever done. And for future reference, I will probably be putting episodes like this on the Patreon, just because you know, number one, my excitement and the use of my language gets worse whenever I get angry and bothered by such horrible things that I read about. <laughs> and again, I don't know my demographics on 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 my listeners here on the regular pod. So if you're interested, check that out. But I mean, let's wrap this episode up. This is by far one of the most ridiculous, absurd episodes I have done so far. Uh, the the crime, the punishment de- definitely did not fit the crime. Garavito, again, he should have been deceased. He should have been ceased from living. He should have been taken out. I mean, he, he, at the, at, again, at the very least, he should have been serving life in prison. Definitely not in segregation. He should have been in general population. That way, you know, again, like I said, prison justice can take its course. If obviously, if, if, the, if the authorities aren't going to, you know, serve the justice that needs to be served, he, sh- he should have been in general population and, get, and to get what he deserves. So that's going to, we're going to end it. We're going to end this episode there. I mean, holy shit, I'm going on over an hour now. You know, what I've noticed that the more and more I do these episodes, the, the longer these episodes are becoming. Hopefully you enjoy the longer episodes. It's hard for me to do short episodes. I enjoy, I enjoy podcasting out the ad. I love podcasting so much. It's like one of my favorite hobbies I can ever do. So announcements, uh, there's nothing to announce. I'm working on getting Dr. Krista Johnson on the podcast. Hopefully in the next few weeks, I can, I can coordinate my schedule and her schedule. That way I can get her on the show without having to, you know, take away sleep from her so she can be ready for the next morning, you know, for whatever, you know, for her work or whatever it is. Uh, other than that, the Patreon is still going on. It's still going strong. Again, you get two spooky story, two spooky releases uh, a month. You also get bonus episodes throughout the month as I work on them. You know, I'm working on something called confessions. If you're curious about that, check it out. I might post a little teaser on my Instagram graveyard grumbler podcast. Other than that, again, uh, for, oh, for the sponsor for today's show, Struggle Snuggles uh, Ball Pythons, I will leave his, his Instagram handle in the show notes. I will also leave a description of, of the ad that, that, was, that he sponsored for the show. Uh, other than that, I appreciate everyone listening. Thank you very, very much for your support. I, I wouldn't be doing this without everyone's support. I truly thank you from the bottom of my little cold, icy black heart. And as always, good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. This is the end, this is the end, this is the end. You just Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Struggle Snuggles Ball Pythons. Struggle Snuggles is a small hobbyist breeder who wants to share the joy of ball pythons with new and experienced snake enthusiasts. 
Struggle Snuggle offers different types of morphs and standard non-morph pythons. Struggle Snuggle will offer insight on the first-time python owners and is available via email for questions on the continuation for healthy care of your new python. You can reach Struggle Snuggle through his Instagram at strugglesnuggle32257. That's strugglesnuggle32257. So you can get a look at the different type of snakes that he does own. Again, Struggles Snuggle 32257. His Instagram handle will be in the show notes.